Hi everyone, my name is Pastor Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flock, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm the Senior Pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by Senior Pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swikowski. How we doing? I am great. I'm looking forward to this topic. We're going to be talking about divorce. So Pastor Joel, would you give us some background on this topic? Are we really married to this topic? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, coming with the zingers. The subtopic of this is zingers. zingers. Pastor right. Joel's also going to teach us how to lay down some sweet, sweet zingers. Yeah. We might need it during this topic because, uh, yeah, this is another one. Um, like our last, Like our last episode, this is a pretty polarizing topic, divorce. Mm-hmm. So we've seen... That the Bible, the word of God, God himself considers marriage to be consensual sexual intercourse. And we've also seen that the Western world, man's doctrine has made marriage a government contract that the church has embraced over God's word for the last 400 years. Once this happened... This The result was that divorce became a man-made doctrine as well, mm-hmm. in which people were prevented from getting divorced. And that approach is embraced by the church today. So that's really the background we have here is through this flawed view of marriage and this government-sanctioned marriage, Divorce being intertwined with the doctrine of marriage has also become man-made a man-made doctrine that the church is trying to prevent from happening. So how have people been hurt by this in the church? Blatantly being told that divorce is sin. Okay. And, and unfortunately, the way this usually manifests itself is people who do get divorced, who are in the church... Well, if they have a ministry position, they pretty much lose that position. Mm. A lot of times people who have divorce in their history won't even be given opportunity to step into ministry. And then um, furthermore, I mean, it, it can go as far as just being kind of ostracized. And and uh, I know I have personal experience from way back in the day Um growing up in a in a divorced family my seeing my mom being treated really poorly by the people in her church after she was divorced so that's where where it has become this thing where it's 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 almost maybe not even almost but it has become this thing where it's questioning a person's salvation if they get divorced wow so the people who believe that divorce is a sin, that that is, if someone does get married and uh, they get divorced, then they're committing sin. How do they support that with the Bible? Well, there's verses that, no, these have, these have not been translated accurately, but the way these are supported in the Bible, for instance, Mark 10, 11, and 12 says, So he, Jesus, said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Mm -hmm. 
And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So this is a verse that people use that say, see, yeah, divorce is in the Old Testament, but here we see Jesus says you can't get divorced anymore. So if you get divorced, if whoever divorces his wife and marries another and the woman divorces, so the so if, if a wife divorces a man or a man divorces his, his wife, they're both committing adultery, this, this verse is essentially saying. Right. So that's why people in the church are going, if you your ministry's done. Right. Because you, you could never get married again and it not be adultery. Okay. So if you have any sort of marriage ministry and you're and you get divorced, it's over. Right. If you get have any sort of family ministry, it's over. Any sort of because especially if you get married again, you're you're committing adultery. Right. But but it's even gone as far as like taking verses like these which doesn't blatantly state that divorce is wrong. It just says if you divorce and marry another, you're committing adultery. But it's gone to the place of divorce is a sin. Right. Divorce in and of itself. You just stay married. Yeah, because people who are, you know, really feel guilty are walking around feeling guilty in church because of the divorce that they experience. Yeah. That's the, the scarlet D. Really? And it's, and there is, uh, palpable guilt they're feeling it is real mm -hmm. and it is undeserved hmm. so how would i argue against this how what what's the actual issue going on that's a flawed view of divorce again it's just like we have the flawed view of marriage in the last episode but if we look at deuteronomy 24 in the law it said a man could divorce a woman but a woman couldn't divorce a man. We'd have to, again, get into an entire episode of what marriage actually means mm. to unpack all that. But what we're seeing here is in, in Mark 10, 11, and 12, if Jesus used the word divorce, also knowing he lived during the dispensation of the law, then verse 11 showed that he didn't know the law. Because whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her is not right. The law said you could. Oh, okay. So Jesus is saying something that's not according to the law. He's saying something that's different than the law. And then verse 12 showed people he want, showed that Jesus wanted people to violate the law because verse 12 apparently says Jesus saying, if a woman divorces her husband, which that couldn't happen. In the law, you, a woman couldn't divorce her husband. Ah. Ultimately, Mark 10, 11, and 12, if this is Jesus and this is how he's actually saying these words, mm -hmm. it would be proving that he's not the son of God because he is misquoting and encouraging people to violate the law. Wow. God's law. Wow. The law of Moses. So he's not, he's not just... Jesus came to fulfill the law, but if that's the correct passage, he's telling people he doesn't know the law and he's encouraging people to break it. Right. Huh. So, wow. What we're seeing here is so I'm if okay, this is the defense strategy still. I'm like so what I'd be trying to do to these people who are telling me divorce is sin is explain to them what divorce actually was and that these these scriptures that they're using to support it aren't actually talking about divorce at all. So the reality is, first off, the King James Version and the American Standard Version 
are two versions of the Bible that are public domain. No one owns them. If you wanted to, you want to find those Bibles, you can find PDFs of them all over the internet. You can get them for free. Mm. Other translations of the Bible are owned by men. Like the NIV, the New King James Version, the NASB, stuff like that, are owned by companies, by men. Those mm-hmm. translations are owned. In order to use those translations, there are certain procedures you have to follow. Especially if you're quoting them or publish, publishing any documents or anything with them involved. So the point being here, in the two versions of the Bible that are not owned by men, that are public domain, the words in Mark 10, 11, and 12 that Jesus is saying is actually the the concept putting away. Okay. So have you heard of the concept of putting away? I, I have. But we're but so now we're introducing two different concepts. There's one right. putting away and one's divorce. And right. these are these are two different things. Two completely different okay. concepts. All right. Putting away and divorce. So what is what has happened is these these man owned versions of the Bible have put the word divorce in place of the word putting away in these verses. So what this looks like, so putting away was where either spouse, because of fornication, which means what? Unbelief, right? Right. Because of fornication, not sex before marriage, not sex outside of marriage, either spouse could put away essentially end the marriage covenant because of unbelief. That's not divorce. That's putting away. I put away this person because of unbelief. As far as divorce went, divorce was meant to be used between two people who were believers, two people in the community together, mm-hmm. where the only way that would was allowed according to the law was by the husband divorcing the wife. The divorce was a definite and objective ending of the covenant, and it would be completed with a bill of divorcement. So basically what this would be doing is the husband would be uncleaving himself from his wife. Where putting away is the end of a marriage covenant where one uh, where one or both of the people in the marriage covenant are fornicators or unbelievers. Okay. So... Can you go through that passage, the Mark 10, 11, 12, the, the way it ought to read? So it should say this. And Jesus said to them, whosoever puts away his wife and marries another and, and marries another commits adultery against her. Okay, so, so break that down for me. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, if, if I, as a husband put away my wife and marry another person in community. So so she's so she's a believer, I'm a believer. Right. And me and and me as the husband, I put her away. I say that she's an unbeliever. Right. When she is a believer. Right. And I marry someone else, which is sexual intercourse, right? And I have sexual intercourse with someone else. I am 
committing adultery against the first against the first woman against the first woman yes. because i treated her like she was an unbeliever when she was still a believer correct nice and then verse 12 it actually makes sense how if it's putting away a woman could put away a man if he was a fornicator or if he was an unbeliever so here in verse 12 it should say and if a woman puts away her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So again, we're talking about if she would put away a believing husband, basically saying, like, I don't want to be married to this guy anymore, but he was actually a believer, and she has consensual sexual intercourse or gets married to another person, she's committing adultery against the first man. Mm -hmm. So the only way these verses make sense, or the only way these verses... Are Jesus not quoting the, the scriptures, the Old Testament wrong, or even encouraging people to violate the law, is if these words divorce in Mark 10 verse 11 and Mark 10 verse 12 actually means putting away, which is a different concept than divorce. So there you go. So that So the strict perspective says that divorce is a sin. It's a sin to get divorced. And they use Mark the uh, a, an incorrect support, like an inaccurately defined or like the translation. Yeah, the tra yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So they use an inaccurate translation as their support of why someone divorcing is a sin. Right. Okay. Yep. Awesome. So okay, cool. So. That's basically the summary here. So let's go ahead and take a call from Dick Tater. Go ahead, Pastor Dick. You're on the line. Oh, yes. Hello, Pastor Joe, Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater from McMullen, Alabama. I'm the pastor of the largest church in my community, so I do have somewhat to say about this matter. Now turn with me in your Bible to Malachi 2.16. And as y'all know, the verse, clearly states, for the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce. Now, if y'all don't hate divorce, then what is that saying? That saying, you hate God. Now, I will wait to hear your response, and as always, this is my favorite podcast. You hate God bless. Okay, well, thank you, Pastor Dick. Appreciate the comment, appreciate the call. Pastor Joel, do you have somewhat to say about <laughs> what Pastor Tater said? I have somewhat to say about that. And you guessed it. He, he used another verse that's very, very common for uh, the support of divorce being a sin. Okay. Because if you look at Malachi 2.16, in most translations, it does say God hates divorce. However, that verse is actually another example of it not being translated correctly. Oh. If you look in the King James Version or the American Standard Version, those versions say putting away. God hates putting away. And then furthermore, you need to see the story. Like that verse being taken out of context ruins it as well. Because really what that verse, the, the verse is saying, the reason God hated putting away, different concept than divorce was because the priests of the time, 
We're putting away believing spouses so that they could marry other women. And relative to the last episode, God told them to go back to the wives of their covenant, Uh to the original wives, back to the original person. So God still saw them married to the believing spouses. The other point you could make here is God divorced Israel. So that's this whole other point. I, I thought it was pretty bold of Pastor Tater to say, if, if I hate, don't hate divorce, I hate God. When God divorced Israel himself. So that's uh, pretty contradictory right there. If God hates divorce, why did he why did he divorce Israel? If divorce is sin, why did God divorce Israel? So that means that however we treat and look at divorce, we have to understand that God got divorced too. Right, right. God divorced Israel. Right. So God was divorced. So that, yes. <laughs> and so that ought to instruct me in my own understanding of what divorce means, right? I should keep in mind this variable. When I'm trying to understand what divorce is and how it ought to be used, God did it. So we're not saying that the how and why for people getting divorced is the same as God's. Right. So there could be a different reason, Mm -hmm. likely a different reason for that. But if divorce is a sin or wrong in and of itself, the si- that just blanket statement, it's wrong, then God did something that's wrong. Right. And that's not, I mean, there's no uh, darkness in him. Right. And that's not even possible. Right. So there you go. So that's the strict perspective. Clearly we're seeing some contradictions in it. Right. What is the loose perspective? The loose is really just people treating their marriages or nonchalantly. It's like it doesn't really matter. People being loose with divorce are the people who are actually not seeing the gravity of it as well. Mm. Where it is just seeing it as like, well, if I don't want to be married to this person anymore, I'll just divorce them. Whatever. And that's really goes back again to seeing marriage as a contract. Divorce would just be me ending that contract. No big deal. So that that would be the the loose the loose perspective on this side. So how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, we saw that, you know, this again is very much tied to the last episode is is uh people not recognizing that marriage is consensual sexual intercourse and we saw that people were getting married and then were without knowing it, we're marrying someone else. So it's actually this loose perspective really goes into people not recognizing that divorce is an option and should be used in certain contexts to end a marriage covenant Mm. so they could freely marry someone else. So these people who are getting married without knowing it, consensual sexual intercourse, and then getting married to someone else on purpose are committing adult or are committing adultery. Hmm. So how would you address, how would you talk to someone with that perspective? With that I, loose yeah. perspective? I'd, I'd do the same thing here 
as I would in the last episode, which is really just sharing this is, is God wrong question? Because mm. God did share this, this, um, this use of divorce in Deuteronomy 24. He did show the right way for divorce to be used. And, and really divorce being sin is a man-made concept. Divorce is being a tool that is used to end a marriage covenant is in the Bible and, and it is written about. So it's really sharing the perspective of what I would do in this case is I'd share what I believe about divorce. I'd share what I believe about um, how it's in the scriptures and then just simply ask, when did God change his mind about what divorce was and when did God decide divorce was wrong? Was it before or after he divorced Israel? Oh, nice. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so when you see this going on in the church, what are your thoughts? Man, I get sad. Because huh. this, well, one, I have personal experience with this with with the, my family. And, mm. and I've seen how this flawed view of divorce has really warped the the view and the opportunities of people in the church just because they have this like you said this the scarlet d right yeah and it's really the, but ultimately the main reason i get sad is because it's this glaringly huge topic and concept that's important to god that has been hindered by man a man-made doctrine hmm. so not when I, because when I talk about or think about divorce and how it's been handled, it it immediately makes me think about marriage and how marriage has been handled, and it's and it's just all one big, big mess in the church today. But yeah. we see in Deuteronomy twenty four, verse one says, "When a man takes a wife and marries her, then it shall be, if she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some unseemly thing in her." He that he shall write her a bill of divorcement mm. and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. Divorce was lawful. The reason given for a man to divorce his wife was not specific at all. It said some unseemly thing. Also translated as some uncleanness. When the woman was divorced, she would have been able to marry another man. Hmm. She would have still been in community, not in his house, but still in community. Where putting away, different concept, ended the marriage covenant and removed at least one of the people, the unbelieving person from the community. Divorce ended a marriage covenant and kept both spouses in community. So what we're seeing is the way the church is handling divorce is more in line with the way the Bible speaks about putting away. Hmm. If a man divorces a woman in the church today, a lot of times the woman is cast out of the community. You don't go to that church anymore. That's what putting away was meant for, for an unbelieving person to be put out of community so that other people wouldn't confuse that person for a believer. It was for the benefit of the whole community to put this person outside of community. So we could interact with that person the way they should have been interacted with. Wow. So you said this. Um, you said this unseemly or some uncleanness. Is that is that sin? 
or just something that he doesn't like? Like, yeah, I'm. I think, well, whatever it is, it's not implying unbeliever, right? Yeah, you're right. Because this person who's being divorced is still in community, still considered a part of the community of believer. So, I, my opinion is that it's actually left ambiguous and more abstract like this on purpose because it was i mean the the point of the point of this wasn't to give a laundry list of reasons why you could divorce someone Hmm. the point of this verse was to show what divorce was used for and and honestly we we can even see this going back to we talked about joseph and mary last last episode as well right Mm -hmm. joseph was a right and just man and he thought to put her away. Why? Because Joseph thought Mary was already married. Mm-hmm. Why would he have thought that? She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Yep. And you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. He didn't know. Like, he may not have known that the woman he was planning on marrying was the one example in the history of man that was going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Like, how does pregnancy <laughs> happen? Right? <laughs> So he assumes she's Man, married already. Right. So she want he wants to put her away. And apparently he was a great dude too. Right. He, yeah. Even how he wanted to put her away was in a way that wouldn't shame her at exactly. all. Exactly. Just do it privately. Right. He didn't want to make a public spectacle of her. Right. So that's he's awesome. still even doing this in a way that's loving, right? Yeah, that's cool. But translations say he was thinking to divorce her. Mm. Translations that say he would divorce that he would divorce her are stating that he would have broken the law, which wouldn't have made him right and just. Nice. So this really, I see one of the biggest issues in why divorces has been warped in the church is because the concepts of divorce and putting away have been lumped. And the uses of putting away and the uses of divorce have been all just combined into one thing. But they're two different kinds. They are both ways to end a marriage covenant, but they're both different ways to end it. One way is meant for people who are believers. That's divorce. Divorce is for believers. Hmm. For a man to divorce a believing wife. Putting away is for unbelievers. It's, It's when I'm saying the person I'm in marriage covenant with is an unbeliever. So I'm putting them away, which means out putting away out of community. Wow. So di- so divorce is actually, it was a way to protect the health of the community. Yeah. So when God divorced Israel, he was doing it to further help them to be a part of the community. Right, right. Like this ain't, like we're still connected. Right. Like we're not married anymore, but we're connected still. You're not, I'm not treating you like a heathen nation. I'm still going to treat you like you're my people, but we're just not married for now. Wow, cool. Yeah. Man, that's powerful. So when you see this going on in the church, what are uh, so what are the ways you see people responding to this issue in the church? That's a great way to word this cuz what I'm going to do here is a little different than normal. We're, I'm not going to necessarily say how do I see people handle divorce in the church as much as it how do I see how do I see people handling others who've been divorced? Nice. So 
it all gets down to the why again, right? So the people I feel sorry for are the people who misunderstand divorce to the point where they're judging those who have been divorced as sinners. Mm. Yeah. Almost like they're, what's unfortunate here is treating these people like they're sinners and really showing, showing us, showing other people that one of the reasons I feel bad for these people, a lot of times they're in a really bad marriage themselves and they don't feel like they can get out of it. Mm -hmm. So they, they project that onto other marriages or other people who have been divorced. You're wrong because you know what? If I could get out of my marriage, I would, but I can't. So you shouldn't have either. You're a sinner. Mm. So because if, if they had a, if, if these people had a good marriage, they would want everyone else to have the same thing. So what does it imply? If I want everybody to have a good marriage, what does it mean when I look at a marriage and it's a lost cause, shouldn't I want those people to have a right and just way to get out of that unprofitable covenant? Mm, yeah, definitely. So the people we really feel sorry for are those that are trying to force people to stay in a marriage. And really, these are the people, usually are the people who are in a bad marriage themselves. People who are in a good marriage or people who aren't married, usually aren't telling other people how they have to stay in their crappy marriage. Mm, then there's the people we understand. So I understand the people who are harsh on divorced people. If it's because the people who they're harsh on are people who don't value marriage. So, for instance, when people are getting divorced, like let's say it's somebody who got divorced a second time and it's for the same reason they got divorced for the in their first marriage. I see. These are people who are showing that they're not trying to make their marriages better and they're not learning from their bad marriages. Maybe they weren't even willing to do marriage counseling. So these are people, like I understand the person who looks at someone who's been divorced and gets frustrated if it's because they're frustrated that this person isn't actually putting the work into their marriage to try to make the marriage work. So they're, they're almost saying like, it doesn't matter that we're one. Like they're not right. even treating it like we're one person. Mm -hmm. It's like, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. Versus in, in God's eyes, you are one person. You are, he's going to treat you like the same person. You are one flesh. Right. So it's people who are like, they don't necessarily look at the the gravity of divorce mm. because they don't see marriage as important as, as what it is. Got it. Nice. Then there's the people we're impressed with, and this is the people who, you know, we see people who use divorce the way it was meant, which the way it was meant was to help a man and help a woman become more profitable hmm. by ending an unprofitable union. Hmm. If these two believing people, it's possible there's two people who are married who are worse together than they would be separated. Are they just doomed? Does God just say, well, too bad because I hate divorce? No. 
God doesn't say he hates divorce. So I want to also add this because mm-hmm. we're not we're not saying we think people sh- we're not saying we are the people who are like in this middle level of like just get divorced nonchalantly. Mm-mm. Like it's not a big deal. The people we look up to are people who get divorced in the way it's meant, which would also imply the man and the woman who are getting divorced have been through counseling, have done everything they could do to make sure that maybe one or both of them wasn't at fault as to why this wasn't working. And they know that what they did was wrong in getting married. Mm. They admit it and they know and and they know that being more of who they are isn't going to make the marriage work. In a sense what they've learned is that in order for us to stay in this marriage, we're both going we're both going to have to be less of who God created us to be to make this work. So really getting divorced was more about them learning to give up their own plan and it's actually more of a way for me to embrace God's plan and being and, and admitting I was wrong in what I did and and trying to do what God's telling me to do. So you're saying that an example of this would be, you know, I, I got married when I was young. You know, let's say I got married and and I I had this plan. It was my plan for happiness. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, I want a wife, I want a house, I want kids, I want, you know, this career and I picked this spouse and it was my plan. And as we, as our marriage continued, um, I got more and more unhappy as time, as time went on. Mm -hmm. And then what I did is I did, and she did everything that we could to make the marriage work. Yes. Like counseling and through that counseling, through both of us putting in everything that we had, to try to discover, to make it work, to try to discover a way to make it work, we found out that we couldn't. Right. Because of the people that we, we are, they they changed or we, we changed or we made the wrong decision. Like I used her for my benefit, my plan, and it didn't work. So if we both realized that, then you're saying you would look up to that. Absolutely. Because what I would be seeing is really, it's a confession and repentance. And this divorce would actually be something that would be seen as a good thing. And then my. Between the people even getting divorced. Right. And my process of working through that with my soon to be ex would actually help me be ready for the next marriage. Right. She could be helping me prepare and learn all of the things like. Well, I became this different person. I became this different person. Yeah. I became, you know, and that would, I would be able to bring that into. Which would prove then you're not the second group of people we talked about who aren't learning from the mistakes they made in nice. their first marriage. Okay, got it. So if you got married again, it would be proven out that I'm not getting married for the same reason I did the first time. Awesome. So what is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? So it would be get you you can get divorced. The ultimate answer, you could get divorced if you know who you are and you're limiting yourself or your spouse from being who they are. So ultimately what this is is div- 
So the, the ultimate answer is you can get divorced if it's for the benefit of both of you. And what that would look like then is how it would benefit the both of you is you both know who you are and you both know that you're being limited by the other person in this union. Okay, so I need to, so in order for me to know it's a benefit for both of us, I need to know who I am, who she is, and how it's a benefit. Yeah, and how you're limiting each oh, other, how I'm right? Limiting. Okay. So the divorce would be, because really what the divorce is, is it's not, we're getting out of this because of how bad things are between us. It's we're ending this marriage covenant because we'll be better when we're not married. Mm. It's all about this, us growing in more profitability. So we know how we limit each other, which implies we know who we are first. So what this says, the ultimate answer implies you both know who you are. Wow. Do you know who you are? Do you know who your spouse is? Mm. And if you don't know those answers, then I would say you still got some work to do before you just put the kibosh on this covenant. Nice. So an example of that would be something like, okay, I discover that who I am is very much like my spouse. And we need someone that's very different than us. We need someone who's, you know, like both of us. So that's like me, me marrying someone who is it is very much like me because it's it, I feel safe with her yeah. because it's like I we we get along really well. It's really easy. And then as time goes on, it's just more and more draining because we're not different enough. Right. But I need to be able to explain that. Yeah, and that would and and that's gonna take some work to get to a point where you can explain that. Where that would be the proof that this isn't just a just an automatic decision to get out of something. That's really cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.